0: Hello, amazing parents and caretakers. And welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace love and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Celia Kibler, family empowerment coach and author of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, as well as my other children's books. And today I have a very special guest, which actually hits home for me because sadly, uh, we have recently lost my nephew, who was a Marine, and my nephew left my niece and his four young children. And when I met Michelle, I knew this was a topic we needed to talk about in this broadcast. So I want to welcome Michelle Benyo to the broadcast. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before we bring her on. Michelle Benyo is a mom of two, a certified grief recovery specialist, an early childhood parent coach, and the founder of Good Grief Parenting. Her mission is twofold. To help parents through the unimaginable challenges of parenting, while grieving the death of a child, and to help parents meet the unique needs of a child who has lost a sibling in the early childhood years. The desire of Michelle's heart is to see families live forward after loss toward a future bright with possibilities and even joy. So you can see why I'm excited to have Michelle. She's going to tell her story to you and how she got into this. Welcome, Michelle, to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thank you, Celia. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited to have you. And if you would, would you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started with all of this?
1: Yes, I will. Um, You know, when I became a mom, I I was an educator at heart. I came out of college being an educator, and then I had taken other jobs, uh, communications, and so on, always in that academic setting, because my mission has always been about making good things happen for children. And when I became a mom, I really became focused on young children and all the amazing things they do when they're. Um, when they're growing and learning in those early years and Um, And I went back and got my master's in family education and became an early childhood parent educator so that I was able to spend all my days with families, with young children. And it was the perfect job. I actually, my son was uh, four when I started that work and I had had, just had my second child, my daughter. And so I I really had the best job ever. But soon after starting that work, and when my daughter was only 15 months old, and my son was four and a half, my son was diagnosed with cancer. And so this was a whole new world for me. I knew a lot about child development, I knew a lot about helping families be healthy and strong. But I didn't know about this. And we had to navigate it for two and a half years, I I did it with my families that I met with every day, and um, learned a lot about just navigating that journey. And then when my, um, when my daughter was uh, three and a half, and my son was not quite seven, he died of cancer. And my daughter at the age of three and a half actually said to me, Mommy, half of me is gone. My loss was devastating, but her loss was even more devastating to me. She, I knew she would have no other siblings. She was three and a half. Her brother was her whole world. We, They were very close, and we had kept them together through that whole journey in the hospital and out. And now she had the rest of her life ahead of her, and I didn't know how to do that. But I thought, okay, I'm an educator, I'm in this field, I'll find the resources. But what I learned was that there just really weren't any resources out there. And I should say, this was 20 years ago, that three and a half year old is now 25. I've raised her, Um, I've learned so much about her journey as a bereaved sibling from early childhood to adulthood. But at the time, there was nothing there, and I had to make my own way, and I knew at the outset that I was going to have to help others through this. So on my whole journey, I've kind of had most of my attention on my own journey, but also just really being aware of how I could help others. And I found that along the way, it wasn't easy for me to do that. I I really was carrying so much of my own story, my daughter's story, our own grief. But now I am, I founded Good Grief Parenting a, a few years ago, and that is my work to help parents not just recover from the loss, which is just the start of the journey, but to walk that whole journey of helping young children grow up in the presence of grief. And how as parents does that impact our parenting? So that's my story. First of all, let me say how sorry I am for the loss of your son.
0: I I can never imagine that. And I think a lot of parents that lose a child that there's, there's such grief there. There's yes, grief that you have to overcome. And mm-hmm. so I'm very sorry for him not being with you. Yes. Uh, thank you. When I, when I think of loss for families, and I was just watching the news the other day, because a famous celebrity, and of course, I cannot remember his name, lost a baby. Mm. And at six weeks, and he has, I think, three other kids. And I remember the news interviewer person, whatever that's called, was asking him about everything. And my first thought was, "Did you? how are the kids doing? That mm-hmm. was my first thought. And never did she really mm-hmm. mention the kids. And I yes. feel like so often parents are just like, well, kids are resilient. You know, they're kids. They get over mm-hmm. everything. You know, and, and we don't realize how much impacts them, number one, and affects them all this COVID, this change of lifestyle. And I think it's just so wonderful that your focus is on the children and how they're affected. Um, You know, in my family with the loss of my nephew, like that, and he actually hasn't even had his funeral yet because Mm -hmm. He's a Marine, and he's being buried in Arlington National Mm -hmm. Cemetery, and it takes a while to to get that done, which is also difficult because that doesn't allow for the closure that should have been happening by now. But if you would talk a little bit, please, about how you can help a sibling, how you helped your daughter through Mm -hmm. it, And, and I'd love to hear although you don't have to do this right now, (laughs) how your daughter is now in Mm -hmm. her 20s, like how she reflects back on that.
1: Really the first and foremost thing, uh, place to start, and I do just want to address what you said, because of course, everyone thinks that child loss is the most devastating thing and and it certainly is. And people always wonder, how is the parent doing? And people so rarely think about the child. And because I was in the field I was in, I, I'm, I know I would have focused on Deanna anyway. Uh, but for her to articulate to me that half of me is gone, is just such a reminder that that is, and I knew that was a true statement, the loss of her brother in those formative years was like tearing a part of her identity away. And so the first thing really is to just be aware of how deeply, it does impact children, uh, very young children, even pre verbal age. Um, And when you are a parent who is dealing with your own loss, you're trying to do two of the most difficult jobs at the same time. I mean, parenting, under the best of circumstances is really hard work. And so is grieving. And so self care, is the number one thing. I mean, having just said we're focusing on the child, then I turn around and say, the number one thing for you as the parent is to take care of yourself and make sure that, yes, we recognize that our child's grieving and they need our best self in order to get through it. Because Kids are very resilient, they're amazing, but they don't have the skills to deal with tough things, and that's what we as parents need to help them develop. And when it comes to loss, sometimes we don't help them with that because we don't even really recognize or acknowledge that they are experiencing it and that they need the help. So that awareness of what the child needs is first. Um, also taking care of yourself so that you can give the child what they need. And there are some really simple specific ways that I can that I offer parents as to how to do things maybe differently than would be kind of their first thought to help those kids. Yes. And I I
0: mention a lot to parents. I mention on the, my podcast because once a parent realizes the brain development of a child, mm-hmm. they can go a huge step further in understanding their child. And I, yes. I always say how the human brain develops in 25 years. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: the toddler brain is just full of emotion. It's yes. our job to help them regulate it. They don't have reasoning, they don't have logic. They don't have mm-hmm. self-regulation. Mm-hmm. So if they are merely upset and traumatized by the loss of a sibling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in my my niece's case with her kids, the loss of their dad, yes, they they don't know what to do with that emotion. They it's right. not like Us And and honestly, a lot of adults don't know what to do with that emotion. So it's it's impossible for us to teach a child how to deal with it if we don't know how to deal with it. The struggle is is real and and it's easy to get lost in the passing of a child Mm -hmm. and forget that that other child that you have is... Doing the same is trying to deal with it and not just, oh, that's just my three-year-old running around having fun. You know,
1: they're affected too. Mm -hmm. There's so much in what you just said. And, you know, that kids are full of emotion, number one. And it's so much more than happy, sad, mad which are the ones we really try to help them get a handle on. Grief is very different. It's not sadness. It's something so much more, and it's so complex. You know, another story I tell about my daughter is the first night that my son was in the hospital after he was diagnosed, and she was 15 months old then, and her dad was with her, and I was home with my daughter. And she was wandering around the house, up the stairs and down the stairs, and to the garage door and to David's bed. And she was just wailing. She was making an inhuman sound that I've never heard. And she was inconsolable. I, I was alarmed. I've never heard anything. A person, let alone a fifteen-month-old, make that sound, and I'd try to comfort her, and she'd push me away and throw herself on the floor. She was just full of emotion that that she didn't know understand and that she didn't know how to express. And when they're toddlers, as you well know, they're gonna ex—they have to express emotion. That's the other thing about kids and emotion is they do have to express it, and it may come out in um you know really uh belligerent uh big Uh, ways where we might just think they're sort of acting out and when they are two and three and so much of kids growing up and experimenting behavior at that age is big behavior and and behavior adults kind of want to rein in we don't always recognize it as grief and so um, we really need to learn how to help kids name that and understand that as well and when I work with families I do start with the parent looking at their own grief because they learned when they were that age. And they probably learned from adults that didn't know how to help them any more than they know how to help their child. So this whole idea of how we cope with grief that and society bears it out in, in all the ways we respond to grief that really are not helpful. Um, you know, we adults need to understand that the best ways to deal with grief are number one, to allow yourself to express it. Your child can see you cry. We don't want to hide our emotions from them. Because as you said, they're going through the same thing. And when they see you feeling it and expressing it, they think, okay, mom dad they're feeling this too i'm not the only one and then to talk about it to say i'm feeling really i'm really missing your brother today i'm i just miss him every day do you, how when do you miss your brother are you feeling this too when a child is acting a certain way you know a- asking them what they're uh how they're feeling in that moment um and just having conversations about the loved one who died, helping the child to understand that it's normal and natural to feel this way. And then, you know, we talk about it, we get through it, there's hope. That's the other thing I, I help families with because the death of a child is so devastating. Parents feel so helpless and hopeless and dreams are are devastated. This isn't the way I wanted my family to be. So I help parents uh, express it, talk about it, and then look forward and find ways to live forward with this loss, having hope. And those are the things we need to give our children so that they can grow up to be adults who can do this as well. And I think
0: it's so important. Many times, People want to remove the person that's passed on like mm-hmm. from life. Like, mm-hmm. okay, they're gone now, so they'll be better if we, we don't even talk to them, talk about them. Yes. And that is so detrimental. It's so horrible because then you're expecting your child to act like this person didn't even exist. And mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. person did exist. Mm-hmm. And and a sibling has a very strong place in a child's heart, you know, they don't act that way all the time. Mm -hmm. They certainly have a huge bond with each other. And so, you know, I, I really don't, I am upset and I'm not upset. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. I try to encourage parents that have had a loss to not act like this person didn't exist. And, mm-hmm. and that even goes, there are so many losses that even goes for the loss of a pet mm-hmm. or, you know, when you move the loss of a home, the loss of a neighborhood, the loss Absolutely. of a job, all of those losses require some amount of grieving mm-hmm. and a pet, you know, especially if a child doesn't have a sibling, but they have a pet. Mm-hmm. I remember when, um, my cat passed away, one of my cats passed away when my son was, uh, he was 10. And this cat was not nice to him. I mean, (laughs) he was, she was very nice at the beginning, but she grew very jealous of him. And she used to run and bite him and run away and run and bite him. When she died, it was devastating. (laughs) We had her buried in the backyard. He would go out there every night and pray. He Mm. would have all these pictures all around his bed of her Mm -hmm. It was devastating. And I, I, you know, it's, you have to realize how much your child is impacted by this.
1: Yes. And, you know, we have Freud to thank for that attitude, because he was one of the pioneers, you know, in the study of grief. And his idea was that the role of grieving is to get over the relationship and move on and live your life. And so that's why people still today who don't know what else to say to you are gonna try to guide you to get over it. If you do what you instinctually feel as a griever that you wanna do, which is to keep things that remind you of this loved one so that you still have a piece of them, people are inclined often, I hear from people often whose, whose family and friends say, don't you think you should get rid of that? Don't you think it's time to be done with this? But thankfully we have some more recent grief pioneers who have established how important the idea of continuing bonds is and it's very healing to carry forward that bond with your loved one and it can't it may be a pet absolutely and and to recognize that when we can carry part of them into the life that we have now it it isn't um You know that's a a very healthy thing to do it helps us move forward one of the reasons it's hard for parents or people to move forward without their loved one is because they feel like they have to leave them behind and they don't want to let go of that for a child to uh you know we also have seen over the 20 years since i was first looking studies that have come out about bereaved siblings who lost siblings in those early years who um, sometimes even as adults come to, uh, by chance to understand this feeling they've carried forward all these years where they felt like something was amiss, something was missing. And when they encountered, um, you know, a a professional or a book, uh, there are some good books out there from people who have studied sibling loss, where they realize that that's what they've been grieving all these years, is the the Sibling they lost that maybe they never even even really knew that person. So it really is that my daughter saying half of me is gone. She had spent three and a half years with her brother. But even if they haven't that sibling bond is still formed. So Honoring grief is something that I talk a lot about with children, and that is just recognizing, again, that grief is very real. It's not something to put away. It's something to bring into the light of day and look at and say, yes, it's understandable that we miss this, um, this person, this uh, situation. The story Inside Out is so good because it's about a a girl who, you know, moved away and was grieving and all what all her emotions were saying to her. And finally, her parents got that, you know, they didn't get it in the beginning. Um, So yes, honoring grief, uh, allowing the presence of the loved one is a very healing thing to do. I I totally agree. And, and Mm. sometimes with little kids,
0: smell is a very strong Mm. trigger reminder. reminder, Yes. 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 So sometimes for comfort, it's even good to give them a shirt or something that, that smells like their sibling or Mm -hmm. whoever whatever they lost if they're Mm -hmm. moving from a home bringing things with them you Mm -hmm. know making making sure that they they're excited about this home and they can set up their own bedroom the way they want giving them a little control over things but most importantly recognize that loss is real for children yeah it is really real because they don't even understand that we are a step above because we have an understanding we know life goes until life doesn't go Mm
1: -hmm, and mm
0: -hmm. so as hard as it is to lose a loved one in various stages of life and little guys are to me the hardest Mm -hmm. you know i lost my dad a year and a half ago but gratefully he lived to be 92 years old Mm -hmm. and had a full wonderful blessed life Mm -hmm. and although it is sad and traumatizing to lose a parent at that age when you lose someone so young like my nephew who is 40 Mm -hmm. and has four young children it it's it's what you I believe mourn for too is what his future could have been what your son's Future could have been, and how you've lost that reality. Mm-hmm. His sisters lost that reality, and mm-hmm. he has lost that reality.
1: It's a loss of dreams. All of those dreams that we have for our family, you know, for your nephew's family, for for my family, my daughter. It is just um, that that loss of dreams, and we need to address it somehow and recognize that there are dreams that are gone and then find new dreams and that's not easy to do because part of us doesn't even part of us doesn't want to do that we just want the dreams that we had we don't want to have to give them up and get get new ones but um but we can do that and we can live forward
0: i love that description loss of dreams because that's exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what it is i i I'll bring up my dad again because it reminded me of something he said one one day when we were talking about the Holocaust, and he goes, The worst part about the Holocaust is that there were six million people, well six million Jews, there were even more people, I believe eleven million people that lost their life and never got a chance to be what they could be. He's always said, he said, probably the person relating to your son who could have cured cancer might mm-hmm. have been mm-hmm. in there. There was mm-hmm. someone who could have done miraculous discoveries and helped humanity mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly like you say, it's a loss of dreams. It's a loss mm-hmm. of what could have been. Mm -hmm. and as much as you lose the physical you lose the emotional
1: Mm -hmm. and the
0: the imaginative you know the 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 imagination right
1: yes yes and I think you know because that is such a death is such a devastating experience for us as adults we sometimes forget that for children they don't have all of that understanding yet that we do so when we have the opportunity it's really helpful to help young children learn about the reality of death as a reality as a fact of life and even use that word when we you know when we tell them what happened to the loved one to use the word died and dead we don't like to use it because we know what is in that word. We would rather try to say it in a more gentle way, like passed away or passed on. But remember that kids don't understand what that means. That's confusing to them, number one. And number two, if they learn when they're young, that everything that lives will die that's there's nothing living that will not die. And so that's a fact of life. And we don't like it when what dies is something that we wanted to keep something that we loved, but it still happens. And the other thing I would just suggest to all of your audience is to to not wait until the the really devastating loss to start teaching young children about about death about the fact that living things die there are ways in our day-to-day life that we can help them understand that when they find a you know a bird that fell out of a nest uh, a, an egg or you uh, Or, you know, they catch a frog and they're delighted to have this pet and they go out and the frog has died in the jar or whatever. I mean, there are opportunities and many good books to help young children understand this. And then also the feelings that go with it, but that life goes on. And so that's the other thing I would just recommend to parents is, um, you know, to not wait until the worst thing happens but to help kids understand it at this young age, instead of protecting them. You know, we think we're protecting kids by keeping them away from this ugly thing called death, but it's part of life and the sooner they learn it, the better prepared they will be for it. And so we're not doing them any favors by protecting them from it. Absolutely. And there are so
0: many teaching moments in day to day. When when a plant dies, you know, you have Mm -hmm. a plant in your house and it dies Mm -hmm. for them to understand this is alive. Or even if they pick a plant or something like that, you can explain that now Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. have to put it in water so it can keep living. Mm -hmm. Bugs, you know, they catch lightning bugs and all of that. There's some worms, Worms mm-hmm. on a rainy day, worms come out and then worms die mm-hmm. on a rainy day. And mm-hmm. you're like, driveway is covered with dead worms. Yes, yes. And yeah. I, I, one thing came to me and I wanted w- to ask you if you would address it, because I also coach a lot of uh, blended families and divorced parents and separated parents. Mm-hmm. And because um, I myself have been parenting successful successfully a blended family for 26 years Mm. but very often when parents split up kids feel like it's their fault they Mm -hmm. did something wrong
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and do you find with grief that children will take their own blame for what happened and wonder what they could have done differently I'm sure parents certainly do
1: Yes, and absolutely. The thing about children, and this is, uh, you know, thank you for bringing this up, because this is especially important with that early childhood age, because as you know, Celia, you know, they've got this magical thinking. and, And that's the other reason to talk to children about what happened because if we don't talk to them about what happened they're going to make up something they're going to come up with their own explanation and chances are because they're very egocentric at this age it's going to be something they did and so we really want children to understand and a good way to talk about death for a child that doesn't need a lot of explanation is just to say the bot their body stopped working, you know their their heart doesn't beat anymore, uh, their body stopped working, and let we don't need to give kids a lot of information unless they ask, but. Tell them that. Tell them it had nothing to do with them. Sometimes, if kids feel like they were mad at their brother or sister who died, that you know that's why they died. Um, and it really is with children important to kind of head off at the pass that feeling they may take on without you even realizing they're thinking it that they had something to do with it so really assuring them um you know that it was the illness uh, or it was the accident that made their body stop working it it had nothing to do with you another thing that um that that kind of follows with this is the parent reassuring the living child because that living child becomes kind of the center of our our thoughts you know at the time of loss to tell the child um i'm so sad that your brother died and i'm so happy that you're still here because that's the other piece um Maybe my parents would rather I had died instead of my brother. They're so sad about my brother, you know, would they be as sad about me? And sometimes children who lose a sibling also do in many ways lose their parent because they lose that parent's focused attention, uh, which is a, a normal, natural thing. But parents need to be aware of that and really reassure the child about some of those things.
0: I remember in the movie, Walk the Line, about Johnny Cash, one of the most impactful parts about that, if you saw the movie, is his brother, who he adored, died in a saw blade accident. Mm. Horrible way to die. Mm. But he died. And his father, and I'm assuming this is true because I can't imagine they would have made this up. Mm Mm-hmm would say to johnny cash why wasn't it you why Mm -hmm. was it your brother why wasn't it you and of all the things in that story and whenever you watch a lot of these celebrity movies Mm -hmm. that they have such Mm -hmm. hardship yeah um that they overcome but they still have to deal with that was the most horrible part in that movie, all I could think about is can you imagine being this little kid who just lost his brother, his dearest partner, mm-hmm. and his father is blaming him. Yes. Why weren't you there? Why wasn't it you? I, I like can't even I can't imagine he grew up to be who he became yes. to be with with that kind of devastation. Mm-hmm. But the, the other thing I want to address before we bring our, our podcast to a close is the fact that toddlers also don't know yet the difference between fantasy and reality right that is something they have to learn that is why Mm -hmm. they can watch a cartoon and they think those are real people they think Mm -hmm. daniel tiger is a real tiger and (laughs) he exists in the world and so does other you know characters that they watch because they don't know the difference And how does that affect them learning about what death is and Mm -hmm. the death of someone close to them?
1: We just need to keep reminding them. I, I felt like Deanna had a pretty good understanding because one of the decisions we made with her after that first night when half the family was gone and she was inconsolable was that we were going to, it was not going to be two parents at the hospital with a sick child and the other child with the neighbors. So we took her with us every time we went to the hospital, we were in a children's hospital. So of course they had accommodations for her, Um, but she was with her brother in his room as much as she could be. And she saw all of what we were going through. She heard some of our conversations. We knew he was dying soon when he was dying. And so she was as well prepared as she could have been. And we talked to her as well as him because he would ask, uh, you know, about the reality of that. Um, But at that young age, we're going to need to keep reminding them she would still think that she could send him toys into the clouds, you know, to I want to send these to him. Um, So, We had to just keep reminding her with young children, they're going to ask um, things over and over again. They're going to question things. They're going to say things. We can't just tell them once and expect them to understand it because they don't grasp that permanence of death yet. Um, And for that reason, too, one reason why the ongoing conversation is so important is because they're going to discover new things as they get older and need to talk about it so you can't just address the the loss with your child at this young age where they are now because they are gonna they don't have that understanding of death now but they're going to slowly gain it and slowly get awareness and slowly gain understanding and then want to ask you about it um, so yeah that is important to understand because sometimes we get kind of kids keep asking the same thing and we get kind of impatient with them and we think, well, I told you that, but they're not asking because they didn't hear you the first time. They're asking because they're just trying to grasp something that they're not able to uh, cognitively grasp yet. So yeah, that's another really important awareness to have about them.
0: So So valuable. And I'm so grateful for you being on and talking Mm -hmm. about this. And I know there are a lot of people out there that have infant loss or have a child loss or, you know, even a pet loss, because that Mm -hmm. is like their buddy. That is like a brother or sister. You know, my brother, of course, he's now big and old like me, Mm -hmm. but he used to sit in a tree with his cat, our cat, although he claimed her, him and they used to sit up in the tree and he'd be reading books and uh, boots would be sitting right next to him mm-hmm. and when boots passed away he was like I lost my brother because it was three sisters three girls and him
1: and mm-hmm. so boots
0: was his brother you know mm-hmm. and it was very trauma traumatizing to him I'm sure at you know 57 now if you asked him about it he would still hurt from it you know And so I'm just so grateful to have this conversation with you, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Is there any last thing you want to tell a parent that is struggling with grief at all and how they can help their children to understand and deal with it?
1: Mm -hmm. Two things I would say, just uh, addressing what you just mentioned, and that is a child's grief Things that cause a child grief, may be things that don't cause you and me grief, because for a child, my first grief was the loss of a floaty toy that got away from me on the lake and I had to watch it float off to the horizon, and to this day I do feel that feeling of I will never have that back. And it was grief. And to an adult, it was just a toy. To me, it was a loss. That's a teachable moment to help kids understand. So recognize that. And the other thing is um, to trust yourself as a parent. I think we get into trouble when we listen to society telling us to get over it. Don't you think you should put that away? Trust yourself when you're grieving. You know how you need to grieve. If you can trust your own feelings of loss and grief and then be willing to entertain conversation with other members of your family, especially your children, then you can can move through the grief in the way that you need to. It's not about what other people tell you to do. It's about what feels right to you, and so I just really also taking what you've learned today from Celia and me. I just really encourage you then to tune into your own wisdom and parent from there, because that that will serve you well. And to get in touch with me, um, you can find me at goodgriefparenting.com, and I have a good grief guide there that you can download that will remind. You you of some of the things we talked about today, and that's a good source for any adult who has young children in your life, whether you're experiencing grief now or not, um, is how to, how to start giving your child good grief Healthy grief that prepares them to deal, cope well with losses. So, again, that's goodgriefparenting.com, where you can download the Good Grief Guide. You can also um, connect with me there through my contact form there. And, um, and I just really, I encourage you very strongly to get the guide though, because that's a good resource to have on hand. You may not feel you need it now, but when you need it, I want you to have that.
0: Well, I, I, I'm going to download it, Mm -hmm. but um, so I just wanted to end this on a lighter note, because when you mentioned your blow up toy floating away, you know, we all try to be the best parents we can be. And I always say to parents, they're like, oh, you must not have made any mistakes. I'm like, oh, I made plenty of mistakes. And in my book, Raising Happy Toddlers, I have a dedication to each of my children. And Lauren, my oldest, I I say, has she kind of, you know, she was the and, trailblazer.
1: Yeah, She was the
0: trailblazer. Thank mm-hmm. you. And it says in there, except for that fishy thing, So the fishy thing, which I do not explain in the book, is the fact that her goldfish died. And I was so worried about her finding the goldfish dead that I flushed it down the toilet before she even woke up. And (laughs) she honestly has never forgiven me for that. Mm -hmm. So talk about making a major mistake. But we always, you know, we joke about the fact, you know, and and so I had to put, well, except for that fishy thing in my book but um
1: you know having we, we, a funeral now you'd ha- right. now you know better and you'd have exactly. a funeral and you'd talk about that yes exactly and that's what we've done for
0: all future pets fish <laughs> hedgehogs everything <laughs> has gone into funeral mode yes so, anyway michelle thank you so much i know this is going to help tons and tons of parents that really don't know how to deal with it because like we said earlier a lot of times we don't know how to deal with that ourselves Mm -hmm. so thank you very much for being here with us
1: well thank you celia i'm really happy to be here and i just yes we just want parents to have the confidence in themselves to cope with these tough things and so um yes thank you for inviting me my absolute pleasure and guys, please reach out to Michelle at Good Grief Parenting.
0: Download her Good Grief Guide. There's a lot to be learned. And even if you think you've explained and you don't have to worry about it, have it on hand as a resource. Yes. Because you never know, unfortunately, when you may need it. And to all of you, make sure you'll, you'll see the links of everything in the description. If you need any help with any parenting, You've got two experts here, reach out to me, reach out to Michelle. There is help for you out there. Don't struggle. It is a sign of strength to reach for help. It is not a sign of weakness. So I hope you got a lot of information from this and it helps you to really understand and deal with the loss you have in your life. As always, my friends, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Laughter really is the best medicine, even in a time of loss. It's good to laugh. So laugh more. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to PumpedUpParenting.com and grab your free copy of The Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, Please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward and also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.